To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Martin Luther said this about prayer because he was a person of prayer. As you look back at last year, can you say that you are a person of prayer? When your God, the Father, looks down upon you, does he see you consistently praying to him? What would it be like this year if you were known as a person of prayer? What if prayer could be a first response instead of a last resort? How many of you, that's what prayer has been like? Like, it's a last resort. When there's an emergency, when you need something, that's when you go to God in prayer. I remember there was a time like that for me. I was in the ninth grade, and things were really, really bad because I stood five feet, one inch tall in the ninth grade. My parents had a name for that. They called me. They, they said, don't get discouraged, John Mark. It's, you're just a late bloomer. Any other late bloomers in the house? Like some of you don't even want to admit it. It was miserable. Like it was no fun being a late bloomer. No, no young man wants to be called a late bloomer, it's, especially when you're trying to do sports and talk to girls. Like, it was terrible. I was miserable, and I tried everything. I tried stretching more. I put cardboard in my shoes to be a little bit taller. I did everything, and I, I drank a lot of milk because I was in, I grew up in the 80s. How many of y'all remember those Milk Does They Got Body Good commercial? I, I want to show you one that I remembered, and I believed in this commercial. Let's watch together. Milk is sure helping me get stronger. Back when I started high school, guys pushed me around just because I was smaller. But I was working out, drinking milk, developing my muscles. By senior year, milk had made a difference. Pardon me, guys. I love this part. Pardon me, guys. So as you can see, it pays to be big on milk. Milk, it does a body good. I believed it. I was drinking three, four, five glasses of milk every day. The chocolate milk, the strawberry, and it didn't matter. I was drinking a lot because I knew that was going to help me. I mean, if it was on TV, it had to be true, right? All lies. Nothing worked. I was so frustrated. I remember coming home from school one day. I was like, I'm not going back. I, I met my mom at the, on the stairs, and I just collapsed on the stairs. I don't remember what my mom said, but I do remember what my mom did. She laid her hands on my legs and passionately prayed for God to help me grow. And you know what happened? God answered her prayers, and science finally did its job. And over the course of the next two years, I grew one foot. Some of you are here today, and your challenge is not physical growth, but spiritual growth. And you're frustrated because you feel like you've tried everything. And you feel like your, your prayers are hitting the ceiling or, or there's just a lid in your, in your growth. And you, you feel like you're going through the motions or you've lost your first love. I'm so glad that you're here because there is hope. Would you take out your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. I'm so glad that that you're here to honor the Lord on the very first Sunday of 2024 as we start our new series called Grow Up. 
It's a series about spiritual disciplines to help you grow up in your spiritual faith, but also to help you grow closer in your personal relationship with Jesus. The reality is you can't grow spiritually. You can't be close to the Lord if you're not praying. Praying is, is talking to the Lord. And this is what this message is about. It's about prayer. It's about communicating to your Father in heaven, both talking and listening, and worship and being grateful. But it's true. Isn't the communication like the key to a good, healthy communication is good communication? A good relationship is good communication. If you're not continually talking with someone, you're, you're going to grow more and more distance. And what is true in your Human relationships is true with your relationship with your father. So what could it look like to be a person of prayer, to be close to the Lord, to spend time with him? And that's what prayer is. I want you to imagine it's just spending time with your father, not having this, this uh, uh, secret agenda to change God to your plans, but just spending time with him, nurturing that relationship. If you can have access to your father in heaven, that, that prayer is more about God changing you and your character and attitude, increasing your love for him, increasing your love for other people. But it's about you changing. I guess God can change a situation through prayer. He does miracles. He answers prayers. But it's more about him changing you to fulfill his purpose and his will, to bring your lives in alignment with what his will is for your life. Last summer, uh, I met with a, a life coach, and we, we looked at my life from the very beginning, but even specifically the year before, and I took inventory over all my hours, where they were going, and then prayed and, and, and looked forward for the next 10 years of my life on what God's purpose is. But during this, this two-day journey, um, the hardest part was acknowledging that my prayer life dipped compared to what it used to be. Every day I'm in the word of God, but I found myself rushing through prayer or even skipping it at times. And as a follower of Jesus and as a pastor, there's no excuse. I, I tried to justify it initially. I got defensive. I remember thinking, well, this year I'm obviously spending more time in, in church ministry than I had in previous years. But there was no excuse. And so it was difficult to confess the sin of prayerlessness to my family and to our staff team last fall. It's difficult now just to even be vulnerable to you. But I have to be honest that last year there was a season where I was not praying like I should have been. And I'm sorry as a pastor, but I want you to know that I have made a commitment and I'm so grateful over the last couple of months to, to see the value of having a place where I can abide with the Lord in prayer. And I commit to you as a church family that I will never, ever, ever not prioritize prayer again. I have grown in my relationship with the Lord. I'm more in love with him now than I've ever been. I'm more in love with my family. And I just thought I already loved you, but I love you more and I've got a burden to see our church be all that we can be for the glory of God. But may we be a people of prayer. But I'd ask not that you just hear this testimony in a moment of vulnerability, but 
What about you? As you take inventory last year, are you satisfied or content with your prayer life? And if not, would you be open to the Holy Spirit drawing you closer to the Father and a closer relationship with him? Jesus is our greatest example. When you read through the Gospels, you see him withdrawing early in the morning before his disciples got up and he was spending time with his father, abiding with him. Before he chose the apostles, he he spent all night in prayer. Before he began his ministry, he spent 40 days fasting and praying. And before the cross, he spent all night in the Garden of Gethsemane praying to his father. And so his disciples saw that. They noticed that. They knew that that was the secret to a close relationship with God and the secret to his power, supernatural power for God. So they didn't, we don't have any record in the Gospels of the disciples asking Jesus, teach us how to do miracles or teach us how to preach. But they did say, Lord, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And so Jesus gives them the Lord's Prayer. And he's very clear that this is not a prayer just to be recited, just just to be some words, but rather the Lord's Prayer is meant to be a model, an outline for prayer. And my hope is that the same discovery that the disciples had for prayer, that you would have for prayer as well. So we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer together, and my hope is that it would create such a hunger and a desire in you to pray, to spend more time with the Lord, to talking with the Lord. So Jesus starts by saying, when you pray, when you approach God, start by saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It starts with worship. Starts by how you address God. Some of you, you you see God as very being very distant, or you don't have a good relationship with your father, and so it, it it connects and it makes it hard with seeing God as your father. Some of you think of him honestly as a genie in a bottle that whenever you have a request, you you just make these requests, you make these wishes known, and and that's not what prayer is like. In fact, even in Jesus's disciples wouldn't have understood. God to be close like a father, trusted like a father. You read through the Old Testament, and certainly in Hebrew culture, it was the the great I am. God is almighty, and he is. But to see this as a closeness, Jesus is introducing that God can be close to you. He he loves you as a father to his children. How many of you have kiddos at home? Some of you have young kids. I remember when my kids were real little, and I loved spending time with them, playing with them, and cuddling with them and praying with them and but now that they're all older it's not quite the same I don't see them as much as I used to but I love the moments they just drop by drop by the house drop by the office and they just say dad how how are things going with you it's like we've got a different relationship it is a little bit more of a friendship but I love those moments And I imagine your father in heaven loves when you just approach him. You're not staring at your clock. You're not trying to rush. You just want to just be in his presence. And Jesus said, just like, start with worship. Say, your father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I know hallowed is not a word we use often, but it means to revere, to bless, to honor. It's to have a high view of God. And so when you start 
talking to the Lord, maybe create an atmosphere of worship. I always turn on some worship music to help me with songs that, that are familiar to me, and I just begin to sing praises to God. I just express my love to Him. But, but I focus on the powerful name of God because there's weight in the name of God. It's holy. Even in the he Old Testament, the Hebrew words for Jehovah Jireh, that God, you are my provider. You know everything I need. I can have faith and confidence and trust in you that you're going to meet my financial needs, my spiritual needs. Every need can be met by God. God, you are Jehovah Rapha. You are my healer. I believe that you are the same yesterday, today, forever. You can heal me. You can heal minds. You can heal sickness of people I'm close to. It gives me faith when I approach and I stand on the word of God and who he is. That he is God. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is God, our peace. That we don't have to be restless or be filled with worry. That God is a God of peace. So who is God to you? Is he the good shepherd? Is he who you imagine and just let your thoughts be caught up on, on who God is and worship him. Express that adoration, love, and honor. And when you do that consistently, you're going to be very aware that everything that you have in life comes from God, every blessing. And so that should naturally cultivate a heart of gratitude. And we should be thankful to the Lord for all the blessings. Are you blessed? We need to, to give thanks to the Lord for our children, the air that we breathe, the fact that we have a job and that, that, that we, we have relationships with each other. We should be grateful and thankful. Then Jesus says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And what does he say next? He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is saying, when you come to the Lord, don't rush and just make your request known. Start with the kingdom of God. Start with your Father's agenda. Certainly, you know, in every healthy relationship, that when you approach someone in communication, if you're more concerned about their well-being and you start with your before my, that's going to be good. And we should do that with the Lord. That it's not about our agenda, our kingdom, but Father, first I yield to you. I humble myself. I surrender to you and I desire your kingdom. Your, the, the important word here is your will be done. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what's the promise? All the other things will be added unto you. I promise you, based on the promise of God, that you start seeking God first in your life, the first part of your day, and you seek his kingdom and his purpose, his will for your life, every area of your life, your marriage, your children, your finances, your job, whatever challenge you're faced with. God, what is your kingdom? How can you be glorified first? And then as God reveals his purpose and reveals his plans and out of your loving heart of obedience, you obey that and you watch how God just supernaturally blesses you on all the other areas in your life. Put God first. And you just watch what, how God blesses you. And it's such a union. And it's a, it, it, you're just cultivating a relationship with the Lord that will help you to be able to make your requests known to the Lord. And he wants you to be dependent upon the Lord. That's why he says, he tells his disciples, he tells us, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus' disciples would have remembered, oh, like our ancestors before us when they were wandering around in the desert 
for a long time, and they had nothing to eat, and they were hungry. How did God supernaturally provide for them? You remember? It was supernatural manna from heaven. He provided every day that there would be a bread that they could eat for that day, that they could be, get nutrition, that they could be fed. And so they would have remembered that. And so imagine later when Jesus is teaching and says, I am the bread of life. Like, don't let anything matter more than your thirst and your hunger for Jesus. And then he gives us the word of God, right? This is the primary way that God wants to speak to you. And so as you abide with him, open up the word of God and listen and uh, feed yourself, not just on a, a once a week Sunday morning, but this is the beginning of the year. Have a Bible reading plan. I'm going through the Bible in a chronological way, and so I'm in Genesis right now, and I'm just like meditating. I'm hungry for every word. But oftentimes we get up in the morning, and the first thing that we take out is our phone. And unfortunately, we're making Jesus stand in line behind other things. And so what would it look like to hunger and thirst for Jesus? to hunger and thirst for the word of God, to just be in his presence, to share our love, to share our affection. And when we do that, we're naturally going to be able to trust him with needs in our life. And hopefully when you share your needs before the Lord, start with intercession is praying on behalf of someone else. And so who are the people in your life, in your small group, your family, your neighbors? Are you aware of challenges and problems and desires of the heart? that they have? If not, just ask them and write it in your notes. Write it in a journal and bring them before the Lord. Often the Lord, like people are God's priority. We talk about what's the kingdom of God. What does he care most about? God's cares more about those who are lost, those who are forgotten. And so he will bring those people and he will give you wisdom. Oftentimes he will give you a verse to encourage them. And, and I encourage you in those moments, like don't think of it as a distraction. Trust that the Holy Spirit is giving you insight. Maybe text them, call them up, be an answer to those prayers. But then make your own requests known before the Lord. Maybe you're struggling. You need wisdom. You need counsel. You need healing. Whatever it is, bring it before the Lord and have faith to believe that he of God. We should have prayer. We should have faith when we pray to the Lord. Amen? And then what does Jesus say next? He says, forgive us of our trespasses. Prayer is a great privilege. There's great power, but it can be stopped cold with unconfessed sin. When you harden your heart, when you have sin in your life, and Jesus says, be current with me. Like When you pray, come before the Lord and not just confess sin, but repent of sin. Don't go back to it. The Bible talks about Proverbs. If you just keep going back to that old sin, some of you have been abusing the grace of God, and you think quickly that God will just forgive you, and then he knows your heart, but then you just keep going back, and you've become a slave to sin, and it's grieved the heart of the Lord, and it's causing there to be a gap in your relationship with the Lord. Don't allow, some of you are treating your, your spouses in, in, in an unloving way. And the Bible talks about this in the New Testament. He says your prayers are hindered because of it. And so whatever the Lord may convict, convict you of, be sensitive to the Spirit. David says, Lord, 
bring to the surface anything that's unpleasing before the Lord. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins to the Lord, he is faithful, he will forgive you, and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You want to have a pure conscience before God and others, you want to be able to sleep well at night, then to confess and repent of those sins. And not just to God. The Word of God says in the book of James to confess your sin one to another. Now, you don't need to just put it on social media, all the, the dirty laundry, but there needs to be someone in your life that you can trust that knows everything about you, that you can be current with, that you can walk in the light where you struggle. And so you can experience God's forgiveness every day. So Jesus teaches us to ask for forgiveness, but also that we would forgive others who commit trespasses against us. If you don't forgive others, Jesus says, my Father in heaven will not forgive you. You are not meant to live your life in a way that you nurse grudges, that you hold on to offenses, but rather you are to forgive. If you don't, you're creating more damage in your soul, in your physical life than anybody else. Forgiveness is not based on the degree of offense. It's not based on an apology. Some of you will never receive an apology, but it's simply based on the forgiveness of Christ. Jesus says to forgive. That Paul writes, he says, to forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Are you grateful for all that you have been forgiven of? It's with that same love, compassion, and mercy we constantly forgive other people. All right? Let's have Let's have thick skin, a sensitive heart, not be offended over everything. But when we get offended, let's forgive. Let's walk in that forgiveness. Then Jesus says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is the moment where we are to, put, to have spiritual warfare. You have a real enemy in your life that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy He's coming after you. He's coming after your marriage. He's coming after your family. And some of you are losing the battle because you're not spiritually strong. You haven't been men and women of prayer and of the word. But some of you, you've just been like yielding to temptation. May this be a year that you armor up and you become strong in the Lord and you don't just yield to temptation all the time. Jesus showed us. He was tempted in the desert and every time he was tempted, he said, it is written. Of the word of God. Some of you need to hide God's word in your heart. And you need to be a person of prayer. So when you are tempted, that God will provide a way out. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says that, that. That no temptation has taken, overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you will be able to bear it. Isn't that good news? that we don't have to live our lives in a defeated way, that we don't have to be held captive to sin. Can I get real with you for a moment? Everybody take out your phones. Are you grateful for your phone? It helps us to be able to communicate. It's a, it's a tool for good, right? We can communicate with people. You can text people real easily. You can get directions. Some of y'all remember like the notebooks with trying to get to other, yeah, I used to be a courier in San Antonio when I was 20 years old, and man, it was those, those MapQuest books. What a disaster, man. We got instantly GPS, follow the, brilliant, right? You can get the weather, but for some of you, it's been a tool for bad. 
and you've given too much time and attention to this, this phone. Some of you, you need to delete some apps. I recently discovered there's a thing called screen time. You can go to your settings and you can bring it up. And not only does it show you how much time you spent on your phone, but there are settings to help you guard your heart from temptation. And this is true for men and women, but men, I'm going to talk to you. Husbands, dads, you're losing the fight because the enemy has used this phone to hold you captive because of lust and pornography and things that you're watching. And you're a slave to it. And they're calling it cell phone for a reason because you, you're in a prison cell because of this. And some of you need to humble yourself and you need to have a spouse or a friend say, hey, I'm going to delete these apps. I'm going to put some restrictions here. You're going to get the password on it. as a friend and as a pastor and I know that I'm aware that so many of you are, are struggling and you don't have an intimate relationship with the Lord and an intimate relationship with your spouse because of the, the sin of pornography and lust. The enemy is using this and you need to get your lives back and you need to get that purity and that intimacy back and Jesus is very clear. He says if, it, if it's something's causing you to sin to get, if it's your eye, gouge your eye out. If it's your hand, Cut off your hand. He's serious about it. We need to get serious about it as well. Some of you just need to just like not be held captive to it anymore. Have some fight. It's for the sake of your soul, your marriage, and your family. And I pray that you would have just this disgust and this hate over sin and what it can do to your spiritual life and your marriage. My wife and I pray that you just become physically sick when you give in to temptation to sin. So let's be strong in the Lord. Let's be pure in heart. Some of your children, you need to be more invested. You need to see what they're looking at. Don't be a foolish parent. Take out the phones and put these restrictions and help guard their hearts and their minds. Amen? I love you, and, I, and I'd rather say this and, 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 and see you walk in freedom and the victory that the Lord desires for you because the Lord wants to get glory, amen? Jesus concludes this prayer. How does he do it? He says, for thine is the king. Can we say it out loud? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Would you please stand to your feet? We're not going to just talk about prayer. We're going to be men and women of prayer. We're going to grow spiritually, and we're going to grow in our relationship with the Lord. So over the next 21 days, I want to challenge you. Why 21 days? Because if you do something 21 days in a row, it can very likely be a habit. And so I want to challenge you to find a place. It might be your closet. Maybe during your lunch hour, you go to your vehicle and just abide with the Lord. Maybe spend 10 minutes in the Word of God and 10 minutes praying. Like taking the Lord's Prayer as an outline to help you pray. But let's do that for 21 days. I'm calling our church family today to a fast, a time of fasting and praying. Over the next 21 days, we're going to open up this room Monday through Thursday from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. We invite you to come. 
those of you who have children uh, at home, you're going to have to be creative and, and find solutions, but we want you to, to feel like we can come together, and when we come, we're going to pray individually for 30 minutes and then pray as a church family and agree in prayer together. And then so a fast is withdrawing from something so you can spend more time with the Lord. And so I would ask you, what are you going to fast for? Uh, some of you, it's media or social media. Some of you, it's food. A lot of our staff this year is doing a Daniel fast, so we're just going to eat vegetables, fruits, and nuts and that kind of thing and, and skip some meals to spend more time with the Lord. If all you're doing is not eating and you're not praying, it's just called a diet. A fast is spiritual, okay? So we're going to spend more time with the Lord. But let your fast have purpose. What is the one thing that you want to that, that you want to eat. Maybe it's just drawing closer to the Lord or there's you need guidance over something. Some of you, you need to experience victory. I'm going to tell you personally for me, I've got a fourfold purpose for the next 21 days. Number one, that I, our family, and our church family would just draw so close to Jesus. Number two, that friends and family members that I have that would experience freedom from strongholds. For three, that we as a church family would be a people of prayer. And fourth, that we would have such a burden for the spiritually lost in our community. So would you consider praying for those things as well? And let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your son, Jesus. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to both comfort us and to convict us of sin. And I pray in this moment that we would take inventory, Lord. And if we're not content with how we've abided with you or our lack of prayer or lack of reading the word, that this would be a moment that we would not be full of shame or condemned. That comes from the enemy, but there would be hope and excitement going forward that you would renew a burden, that, you would, that this would be a spark, that you would give us a hunger to spend time with you. But Lord, I pray where there is sin that you would convict. For those who are here and your lives are not right with God, maybe it's going to be very difficult for you to pray because you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. And I want to give you a moment in this service to start this year in a great way, and that is to surrender your life to Jesus on the first Sunday of the year. And so if you're here today, you would say, I realize and I understand that, that Jesus did his part. He came to this earth. He died on the cross, he rose from the grave, and he's the only one that can forgive and save me from my sin. And so your part is to surrender your life to Jesus, to confess and repent of your sin, and to follow after him. And if you would like to surrender your life to Jesus in this moment, if the Holy Spirit's convicting you, I'm going to count to three, and I'd ask that you would boldly raise your hand, and we're going to pray with you as you commit to following after Jesus, to being a new creation, a child of the Father. So one, two, all over this room, three, would you raise your hand in this moment? Thank you. In the very back, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Small group leaders, will you go to those who are raising their hand? Anybody in the balcony? Praise the Lord. We've got two in the balcony. Let's humble ourselves right now. and you Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Everyone just say the name out loud together, Jesus. Say, Dear Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. 
I'm so sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. Cleanse my mind. Set me free. Help me to follow after you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we welcome our friends that are part of this family of God? Let's take a moment as a church family. Jesus says his house should be a house of prayer. And so let's start our prayer time with just some worship before the Lord. Let's close our eyes. No distractions. Father, we take every thought into complete captivity of you. Increase our faith. Holy Spirit, bring thoughts of who you are, noble, pure thoughts of you, God, that you can be trusted. Just in your own words, as we worship the Lord, just begin to express your love for him, that he is the good shepherd, that he is the great I am, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that Jesus, you are the light of the world, that you are everything that we need. We love you. We honor you. We worship you. Help us, Lord. Help us just to honor you, to humble ourselves, to worship you. 